Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Jano Cohen, an Alexander Technique teacher in Philadelphia. She's been teaching for almost 25 years. She works with a wide variety of students. In addition to being an Alexander teacher, Jano uh, t- uh, has uh, taught Tai Chi. She um, also has worked from had worked for many years as a massage therapist. She is a dancer. She spent ten years playing the violin and piano. Uh, she's kind of done everything, and recently she's become inspired to to do some work, some pro- projects that involve photography. And we're going to talk a little bit about how the Alexander Technique uh, helped her with with that with those projects. Jano, welcome to the show. Hello, Robert. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Oh, it, it's a pleasure to talk to you again. Um, so, Jano, could you start by just telling our giving our listeners a very short description of the Alexander Technique? Alexander Technique is a method for people to use to learn to become aware of their movement habits mm-hmm. and their tension patterns and change those if they choose. A teacher uses um, touch and movement coaching to help you sense what you're doing with your body and then make other choices so that you move with better control and centering, breathing, flow of movement, and, and use of your body. Yeah, and and it has applications to a wide range of activities, everything from performing to performing arts to injury recovery to back pain, all sorts of things. I have to say I have never um, read or heard anyone uh, talk about it in relation to photography. Um, so uh, this this will be a very interesting conversation. How did you... Um, how did you get into becoming a photographer after all those other things that you've been doing? Well, I think I always um, had a passion for photography. Um, I bought a camera when I was very young and used it for a short period. Um, But just recently, um, I guess as I got older and could no longer dance, I was missing um, that creative avenue for myself. And I... I decided it was time, and I bought a fancy camera and some other equipment and took a quick course. And before I knew it, I was sent on my way to uh, photograph dancers here in Philadelphia and then young children learning dance in Rwanda. And I'm I'm wanting to use my photography uh, to help people in the world uh, advance their cause, whatever it is, um, and so I'm at their service. And in the meantime, I'm learning as I go. I do not carry heavy equipment yet. I have to develop some arm strength. Um, but nonetheless, um, any equipment that you hold up for long is strenuous. So I have been forced to apply my principles of Alexander Technique to lifting the camera up to my face uh, without hunching down, which is really what's common Um Often, uh, when we're wanting to photograph something, we get drawn to the object of the photograph and pull the camera down towards the object, and our heads go down into our necks, our shoulders go up by our ears, and uh, we we cramp down into our legs. So with the help of some of my friends who are teachers, they reminded me 
to lengthen my spine, lead with my head, and keep my back back. And this really enhanced my ability to photograph for longer periods of time. Um, some projects require photographing for hours on end. I was photographing in Rwanda from 8 in the morning until 5 at night. Mm-hmm. And I, sometimes I would sit, sometimes I would stand, sometimes get down on the ground. So I needed to pay attention to how I was doing, you know, sitting or standing or, in order to enhance my ability to hold the camera. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I've noticed um, in looking at sort of amateur photographers a lot, that when someone holds up a camera to take a picture of someone else or an, an object, they do uh, sometimes the exact opposite of the pattern that you mentioned, that kind of pulling themselves into the subject, they'll actually kind of arch their backs and pull their upper body way back uh, in an attempt to, I guess, widen the screen, the the view on their camera, instead of taking a step back to do that. Have you noticed that? Well, yes. I think what happens when you're, you know what image you're trying to get. So instead of thinking with your feet, you just think with the camera. So you back the camera up some of the lenses allow you to zoom very easily and other ones are are not as uh, they don't have as much zoom so you actually have to move yourself in order to get the right size of your subject in the frame so yes instead of using your feet you could just lean back and that of course can lead to back pain so -hmm. it's really not wise um what happens when you're doing an, an activity like photography is you get engrossed in your subject and you forget about yourself Right. So right. the most important principle of the Alexander Technique is to pay attention to yourself and use your your sense of your body's movement for all of your activities. Um, and this really prevents those kinds of strains with photography. Mm-hmm. And once you realize that you're a whole body in motion, you keep that in your awareness, um, that really changes um, how you shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I could see an, uh, a little bit of an analogy to using a computer screen, for example, or even reading a book. There's a, there's kind of a, a temptation to get absorbed in that external stimulus, and you end up literally, literally being drawn into it. Exactly. In a way that is not particularly he- healthy for you, because almost always that's going to involve some excess contraction of muscles somewhere in you, whether you're pulling into a computer screen or pushing your head into it, or as you described with a camera, kind of the camera leading you down and forward and down to whatever you're, you're, if you're, photographing something at a lower height than yourself or the opposite that I mentioned earlier, kind of pulling away to get the right screen size. Just in general, I think they're all examples of your work, uh, which you could say is a focusing kind of work. You're focusing on something outside yourself taking over and not and kind of taking you away from the you who's doing the focusing 
Exactly. Yeah, and 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 it's I and when you described uh, those days of shooting in in Rwanda, um, eight ten hours a day, whatever you're having to put yourself in odd positions, kneeling, bending, sitting, whatever. Uh, there's a whole physical stamina aspect to that too, right? Exactly. Um, and the the better use of yourself is to not tense up. Your muscles are actually stronger for longer if you're not tense. Um, and the other the other thing about that is if you have can learn to move your joints properly, you can bend without wear and tear. If you excessively bend your knees without bending them properly at where the joints are and without your spine lengthening up and away from them, um, you can do damage. Um, and the other thing is that I, I feel that the you that is the photographer needs to be aware of space around you um, in order to learn where to shoot and learn how to pay attention where your subjects are moving. I mean, I do a lot of dance photography, and so it's very unpredictable, uh, Where especially when you're photographing children. You need to be prepared for sudden and changeable movement. So you need to be aware of space. Now, when you're all crunched down into a camera lens, you can't possibly pay attention to the space around you. So the lengthening up and away and opening your body up and paying attention to movement opens you up to the space, and especially, of course, if you decide to pay attention to it. And it makes you uh, able to move more quickly to the changes that happen because our joints, when they're open and ready to move, can move more quickly. Um, and that's that's really terrific for photography. Yeah, I think that's something that may not be appreciated by our – maybe it's worth emphasizing that, that it's not just that you're scrunching yourself and possibly put it – likely putting undue pressure on your on your body but that at, when that pressure is there it's much trickier to move um your any movement you make is likely to be uh, have a jerkier quality not be as smooth and i suppose also you could you could be risking uh risking injury uh if you if you're trying to move within a framework of a lot of excess tension. Absolutely, mm. and about that injury, um, I know a photographer who has been working in the field for many years, and he did not pay attention to how he was moving, and his he had a very slumped down posture for many, many years. He just went for back surgery because he had really compressed his spine to such an extent that the nerve became wrapped around his spine. Mm -hmm. And it was, it's, those are the kind of injuries that you really want to prevent. Mm -hmm. And I think we should probably mention um, that the, the 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 work you you've been doing in Rwanda and with filming dancers and so on is in the context of you yourself having injured both your ankles in accidents, right? Exactly. And uh, having spent some time recovering from surgery on those on both ankles, and of course the moment you're you're bending or sitting or making any of the, any kind of movement really you you're using those ankle joints and i would think for someone who's had ankle injuries and they're going to then take on this relatively strenuous occupation of f photography um th that's a special challenge it's a special challenge and i needed to pay strict attention um there's just no end to the amount of 
help you can get by uh, freeing up your body as you move. And in my case, it's just absolutely crucial. Mm -hmm. um, another aspect, which I was just thinking, is that I had to carry equipment on my back mm -hmm. as I was walking up and down hills to get to um, the projects where I was photographing. And um, learning to carry uh, the pack on your back and not let that pull you down into your legs um, is so helpful because I'm not strong. Um, and it's important that I use myself optimally so that I can maintain that uh, endurance, you know, as, as I'm mm -hmm. carrying equipment and, mm -hmm. and then still being able to shoot at the end of carrying the equipment. Mm -hmm. And I, here's a, here's a thought that just crossed my mind. Uh, it would seem to me that you're, you as a photographer are kind of entering into an environment where you're the outsider or you're the stranger. And if you're, um, tense, physically tense in your body that might make that um acceptance and integration a little trickier for you don't you think oh that's a really good point especially here i am i was what they call a mzungu i was a foreigner mm -hmm. so i come in and people don't know me that they, they need to be comfortable with me so i came in to this one group and i actually they were doing a dance class so i actually took their dance class with them a bit um, and I'm looking at these people through my lens and they need, but they seeing me as a person when my camera's not up on my face. So the more comfortable I am, uh, the more comfortable I am in my body, which makes me more comfortable with myself, um, less fearful myself of, of, you know, meeting new people and so forth, the more comfortable they are. And, and children especially read that, um, right away. Children see everything. They absolutely do. They really do. They And they may not be able to consciously articulate, oh, she seemed a little tight in her neck or whatever, right. but they get it right away. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and not only that, they imitate you. They imitate you. So yeah. when they're trying to learn, uh, so they, we need to be really good models for them. Mm -hmm. um, and this is important wherever children you meet, because they're, you don't know what they're going to pick up from you and what they're what they will aspire to in the future. Mm -hmm. I have some children who are still emailing me from Rwanda. Um, and this, this, these can be lifelong changes for them when they encounter someone, especially if there's somebody really unusual coming into their town. You know, I, I went into Gigali, which is a major city, but at the same time, uh, people, it's like a small village, the way people are living on dirt roads mm -hmm. and people who are not educated and they, so an educated person comes and is paying attention to them, is dancing, is photographing, bringing them technology they've never seen before. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm inspiring them and I need to be careful that I am inspiring them to something, you know, really worthwhile. They're going to remember you for a long time. Exactly. You know, it's, it's interesting, uh, that you mentioned the imitation that, that, particularly children, uh, of course, are, are great imitators, and they tend to imitate whoever's around them that they're paying attention to. Uh, one of the things that um, uh, F. Matthias Alexander, who is the uh, developer of the Alexander Technique, uh, mentions in one of his books, and it's, it's in connection with, he, he's talking, he's writing maybe 100 years ago, and he's talking about uh, parents who who want to find a nanny for their child. 
And he says, you know, most people, they just go for the cheapest nanny available, right? And they don't consider that that person that's going to be hanging around their kids many hours a day is going to be imitated by their kids. And so they ought to be looking for someone that has an easy bearing, you know, something that you would want your kids to imitate. And and he makes the further point that it's not just that kids imitate uh, people around them, but they have an uncanny ability to go for the most bizarre to imitate. They, <laughs> they, they will find, they, they will pick up the, mo- what if you have one really far out habit of movement or tension or whatever, that's what they're going to latch on to. So, you know, you really, it's a big responsibility hanging out with kids in that respect, especially as you did as this unique outsider with all the the special equipment and so on. Exactly. And I want to bring another aspect of photography, sort of turning it around, Mm -hmm. which is that photography is a great tool for people to see themselves. And the amazing things with photography is that people with digital is that you can see yourself right away. So mm-hmm. these children were seeing themselves through my work, mm-hmm. and that students of the Alexander Technique often uh, bring me photos of themselves when they were children or when they were, uh, or when they were adults, and they say, oh, my God, look at this. Look how slumped I am. So they actually can see, at least a moment frozen in time, how they're moving. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's interesting how photography itself can be a tool for Alexander Technique study as well as a re- reveal how the Alexander Technique practitioner is actually moving themselves, sort Absolutely. of both. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Jano, is there anything else you want to add before we come to an end? Just that I feel that as I'm continuing to learn photography, I'm continuing to learn how I will be applying Alexander Technique to my <laughs> to photography as I go, mm-hmm. because the new challenges of working at a computer for long hours with you know Photoshop and so forth. And, oh, of course, yeah. You know yeah. that uh, and and new equipment. Like I'm hoping one day to uh, acquire an even larger camera. That it, the camera itself weighs about six pounds, and the lens I want to use weighs an additional five pounds, and then I have to use you know equipment with that. So I'll just have to keep practicing and learning. Uh, the principles of the Alexander Technique as it relates to photography as I go along. So, Paul, I, I, I hadn't really thought of what you just said, that part of being a photographer is working at a computer, right? Absolutely. Yeah. All photographers yeah. now in this digital age must right. spend more time at the computer than they do at the camera. Yeah, and of course, it's the subject of a, another conversation, but computers, working at a computer has its own issues for people i think i think that's kind of generally understood these days that uh computers can do terrible things to your posture and coordination if you're not careful in in how you look after yourself exactly and there's one other aspect i'll bring this up Mm -hmm. i'm sure you're doing other podcasts about this but as i age my vision is changing Mm -hmm. and that makes photography and working at the computer challenging also Mm-hmm. So, so in addition to being pulled in by the equipment, the need to see detail um, for photo editing and for taking pictures uh, becomes a challenge. Um, so it's important that everyone pay attention to how they're using their vision, how they use their eyes, and how they t- tighten their neck when they see 
which actually this makes seeing more difficult. Um, so it's another aspect and, and, they need to pay attention to. And a good time to start that process is before you arrive at old age, so that you, <laughs> your arrival there is a, is a smooth and pleasant one. Exactly. <laughs> well, Jano, thank you so much for being on the show. My my guest today has been Jano Cohen, who is an Alexander Technique teacher in Philadelphia. If anything we've talked about intrigues you and you want to explore having lessons in the technique, uh, you can contact her through her website. We'll put a link to it by the interview. If you live anywhere else in the world, we'll put a link to a site where you can learn more about the technique if you are interested. And you can also locate on that site a teacher uh, wherever you happen to be. Jano, thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you, Robert. It's been a pleasure.